0: Hello and welcome to Switzer TV Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. And last week I wrote a story for Switzer Daily where I cashed in on the old Tom Petty song, waiting is the hardest part. And sure, we're waiting to be released from lockdowns and closures of the economy and social restrictions. And we're also waiting for the stock market to either have another leg up or another leg down to try and work out what we should do in terms of buying the market. Do we wait and buy or have we actually missed the first leg up and we should get on board a rising stock market? Let's just see if our experts have changed their mind when it comes to where the stock market's going. First up, we have Julia Lee from Berman Invest. Next, BetaShares Chief Economist, David Bassanese. Then Charlie Aitken, Paul Rickett, and myself will toss around the key issues that will either be sending stocks up or down, and we'll try and name some names. And my final guest is John Lecter, who's the CEO of Cashworks, and anyone who's interested in trying to get the best term deposits out there might be interested in this particular story. Julia, thanks for joining us.
1: Great to be here, Pete.
0: Julia, let's talk, start with the big issues first. And lots of people have seen this stock market of ours uh, remarkably come back. Not as much as the Americans, but we certainly have come back. Um, do you think there's going to be another leg down?
1: Look, Pete, when volatility usually hits, it's not over in one go. And look, I think that we haven't really seen the true impact of earnings. So for me, it's a little bit of a tug of war between what's happening between, uh, I guess, the stimulus from central banks as well as governments around the globe versus the earnings impact from individual companies. And what's been winning has been the stimulus that we've seen. And it's been quite substantial stimulus to give you an idea of size, just having a look at the US, we've seen the US in the last three weeks buying 1.5 trillion US dollars worth of bonds and indicating that they're going to buy another 2.3 trillion. So that's about 3.8 trillion US dollars. And to give you an idea of size, that's about uh, 19% of the US stock market in terms of size. So that type of money flow uh, needs to go somewhere and it's probably been finding its way into uh, things like the share market. However, at some point, uh, individuals will have to also look at the earnings impact. And we're starting to get an idea of that during uh, US earnings season. So, it's this real tug of war at the moment. And on some instances, the Federal Reserve uh, wins and then the earnings impact is greater than the stimulus that we see. And then we see the fundamental sort of winning out. So, I think uh, we're in this tug-of-war, and it really does depend on COVID-19 yeah. and whether we do see secondary infections and a second lot of shutdowns after reopenings or whether we're clear sky.
0: Yeah, so it seems to me, Julia, the really big test, uh, I, even though earnings is usually very, very important, because of this coronavirus effect, uh, we, you know, they, they will not be treated with the same fear factor as they normally would if the economy was creating these bad earnings numbers. But I totally agree with you in terms of secondary infections. If America goes back to work quicker than people expect and then secondary infections happen and they have to lock down again, that would be really bad for the stock market, wouldn't it? And earnings going into the next quarter.
1: Absolutely. And at that heart of this is the health crisis. So, you know, you can't really just throw money at a health crisis and make it go away. You need the health crisis to be resolved first. Having said that, it's a pretty exciting environment to be investing. And I guess for those people who are brave enough, I'd say two things. One is this solvency versus liquidity and you really want to see companies be able to remain solvent over the next 18 months so that's one uh, point and the second is when you're investing don't invest on the companies based on what's happening at the moment but based, invest in these companies based on what's going to happen in the future so um, yes. I guess right now it's pretty tough for a lot of companies but as long as they can get through this time try and take at least a two to three year view in terms of these businesses.
0: Okay, well, well. Before I talk to some companies that have gone for capital raisings, I know you want to talk about them, just the fact that you brought that up, um, uh, some of the, I was asking me about Woodside, is it a buy where it currently is? And uh, I, I looked at its, its price in January, it was about $36, now it's down around $20, I think it was lower 17 when the, the panic was really on. If someone took a, a four-year view on Woodside and said, well, could it get back to $36 in four years? That'd be an 80% gain in four years and 20% per annum. That'd be, that'd be really a really big gains for what you might call a quality company in that space. Julia, is that dumb logic?
1: That's good logic. Um, Woodside Petroleum is really attractive because, look, when you are seeing companies down and out and the cycle probably near the bottom or close to the bottom, then you want to be able to see companies with the balance sheet to be able to take advantage of the situation by buying up assets at cheap prices. And Woodside Petroleum is the company that is in the strongest position in the energy sector to take advantage of this oil price. And it's been an incredible fall in the oil. Oil price today we saw oil prices trading at the lowest level since 1999 and what we are seeing is despite the OPEC plus production cuts um, the the cut from the lack of consumption of oil is really hitting prices severely. In fact, if we have a look at US crude supplies, uh, we've seen overstocking now for, and a buildup in supplies for 12 consecutive weeks. And some of the major storage units are at capacity. So oil is one of these strange things when you trade. There's actual physical delivery. And if you've got nowhere to put it, then you can't really buy it and you want to mm. sell it at any price you can. And that's what we're seeing in terms of oil. People do just aren't driving their cars as much and we're certainly not flying at the moment so that's having a big impact on the demand side of oil
0: okay now talk to us about the companies that have been going for capital raisings and the impact on their share price and when you when or you think these companies are a buy if they're if they're a buy at all
1: Look, I think when you uh, look at capital raising, the general rule of thumb is if you're offered uh, an allocation in the capital raising, it's usually at a highly discounted price to the last trader price. So you, you usually see a benefit from uh, participating in these things. And of course, if you don't participate as a shareholder, your uh, holdings are diluted. On the other hand, you still have to uh, have a look at this company on the basis of is it a great investment idea? And if you're not interested in the company, and then perhaps you sell off that uh, those stocks as soon as they're allocated. And unfortunately, that's really what we've seen today. We've seen an allocation of stocks through recent capital raisings From QBE Insurance, InvoCare, uh, Southern Cross Media, as well as Oil Search. And all of these companies underperformed the market today. We saw QBE down by 3.3%, InvoCare down by 5.1%, Southern Cross Media was down by 9.7%, and Oil Search lost 2.9%. So keep an eye out on those allotment dates. There's a few more later on in the week. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll see Capital Health being allocated, as well as Electric Optic Systems. And then on Wednesday, will see Babcor as well as IDP education so look some shareholders probably want to sell as soon as they get a lot of that that share and that selling pressure is causing some short-term weakness in terms of the share price which means if you take a longer-term view and you are positive on these companies it can be an opportunity to pick up these shares at cheaper prices.
0: Is there any one of those that you like?
1: Look, QV insurance, I think, is an interesting one here. It's uh, got an eight in front of it, which is pretty amazing. It's exiting from some of its more risky um, investments out there. So, look, I think the insurance space is looking interesting. Look, instead of oil search, I probably prefer Woodside Petroleum. Um, But I think Babcore, when it comes up on Wednesday, could also be an interesting one. We're not driving cars at the moment, but there will be a time in the next 12 to 18 months when we're driving our cars on the road and hopefully visiting lots of friends. So that business should bounce back pretty uh, pretty well, um, given that it's now capitally secured its balance yeah. sheet.
0: Rudy Filipec Van Dyke would be very happy you're being positive towards Babcor. He's always been a Babcor man. Finally, uh, I want to talk to you about WiseTech. What's going on there? Is this a buying opportunity or is a, comp- is a company we, we should avoid?
1: Look, why is one of those difficult ones. You've seen so many acquisitions through the last uh, few years and it's about incorporating incorporating those acquisitions into the business. So in terms of buying this business for the longer term, I'd probably be cautious. Um, I'd look at WiseTech more as a trading stock because of the amount of volatility that's involved in the business. It's um, a trader's paradise, but I think it's an investor's headache. So I'd be steering well away uh, away from this one.
0: All right, Julie Lee, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Because you know, being locked up in that home of yours, just thinking about stocks day in, day in, day out, apart from all the other things you do. What do you think? Is there anything else you'd like to throw in?
1: Pete, I can't wait to have a drink or a coffee with you. <laughs> um, but everyone, stay safe. And look, the markets are pretty exciting at the moment um, and they can be quite volatile, but usually this volatility does take a bit of time to play out, which is great if you're a trader and trading that short-term volatility, but it can cause some hot uh, palpitations as a longer-term investor.
0: Julia Lee, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Well, that was Julia Lee from Berman Invest. And now I want to kick around the key issues around the economy and where the market might be going with David Bassanese. who's the Chief Economist at BetaShares and is a keen watcher of stock markets. Well, it's the right time to talk to David Bassanese, the Chief Economist at BetaShares, about what he's seeing economically speaking, but also market-wise as well, because they are of course inextricably connected but David and I are both facing a curveball we've never faced before that is we have to be an expert on a thing called a virus or a pandemic. David thanks for joining us. Good to be with you Peter. I know I didn't study pandemics 101 <laughs> I'm sure you didn't either.
2: No not at all that's uh, you're right I mean the past couple of months we've all been required to learn up about uh, viruses and this one compared to previous ones and you know, I guess the big issue is, you know, how is this one different to what we've seen in the past, like with the SARS outbreak and the swine flu, mm. uh, most particularly? Um, obviously, it is, it is, it's different. It's a, it's a, a widespread. Uh, it's easy to catch and it can be uh, somewhat serious for some people, but there's still a lot unknown about it. I mean, as mm. we, one of the uncertainties is exactly, you know, how many have already had it? Um, how deadly is it really? Um, still a lot of questions that mm. need to be uh, resolved.
0: Yeah, and, and, the, uh, and the problem for you and me, being economists who also, you know, are very interested in com- commenting on markets, it's, they're, they're medical issues. Like, we don't know the, the threat of a second wave if we start embracing, you know, the, the, the reduction of restrictions, social restrictions, uh, which are all going to be good for the economy and all good for the, the markets, but if we get a second wave, well, the whole thing could be undone.
2: Oh, exactly. And um, and when we saw the 1918 Spanish flu, I mean, they did have a second wave. I mean, the, the, the scientists do say that at the moment, I mean, again, what I look most of the, the, we've done a lot of testing in a lot of countries, but most countries still have very low, you mean, the hope would have been we'd, we'd test, we'd find half the population have already had the virus. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, even in Australia, it's still looking at at most 5% or so. So definitely herd immunity hasn't been built up, as they say. So, you know, if if we do ease off restrictions and we go back to normal quickly, then there is that very great risk of the second wave. So that's why, you know, in terms of the markets, the hopes of a V-shaped recovery, uh, a quick end to this, uh, are probably a little bit over, over-optimistic given those, given those risks.
0: Yeah. And I, and I guess if if we're worrying too much and we go back and the, the outbreaks aren't as, as great as we expect, well, the V-shape is a possibility, I guess.
2: Uh, yes, that and/or uh, you know better drug treatments, and we did see some hopeful news uh, last week on mm-hmm. on one drug in particular. Uh, again, some people have studied that now, and it turns out that you know it wasn't a controlled experiment. A lot of the people that that were treated uh, with that drug only had moderate symptoms anyway. Most should have recovered. Um, so it's a few question marks I think early this week in terms of that that big hopeful news on the drug front. But certainly, if uh, we do. I mean, what we need is testing, of course. I mean, we could, if we had good testing in place and we're able to immediately identify someone who came down with the virus, uh, quarantine them, trace who they might have got it from, then we can, you know, ease restrictions. And, and uh, so that's the, uh, you know, mm. the, 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 um, the other hope is that we can get testing in place. In Australia, I think that's the case. The problem is that it seems in the United States, they don't have that testing in place yet. So um, that, that's, the, that's the challenge.
0: Yeah. But, of course, the, the really big question for people like you and me is, okay, we've seen a nice rebound, and, and the, the initial collapse was based on the fact that there was so much uncertainty. We didn't know what governments and central banks were going to do. They've done. They've really stepped up to the plate, and therefore we've seen the US re- market. Well, they've rebounded such that they're, they're, they're out of bear market territory. We're still in bear market territory for a variety of reasons, but we're still heading in the right direction. So I guess the, the key question I want you to be absolutely one hundred percent accurate on, David, is will will we see another big leg down?
2: Uh, look, I think we will see another leg down. I mean, again, the history of bear markets is that you often do get a you know a big furious so called bear market rally. Uh, this has been a, like one of the strongest bear market rallies in history, but it's also following the the deepest, quickest bear market in history. So. The depth of the, the speed of the rebound has been a little bit surprising, I, I would say. Uh, but again, I don't think it's out of the ordinary in terms of what you do get in the early stages of a bear market. I think the best case scenario is that we will get a, a decent test of those lows. We will get another relapse. And I think that will come with, with the reality that the US economy will only recover gradually. Whether we go through the lows, um, not sure. But I think there'll be another opportunity to be buying at better levels than where we are at the moment. And uh, I guess one concern I do have is that the U.S. market, if you look at the price to earnings valuations of that market, it's almost back to the peak levels uh, before this whole thing began. Like we're talking about 18 and a half times earnings uh, at a time when we know earnings in the U.S. are going to fall in a big way over the next three to six months. So that is a very challenging valuation for the market. And it's a lot to expect the markets to sort of look through. Uh, that that weakness over the next three to six months, they could do it if we do see that v shaped recovery uh, and or better drug treatments on the horizon, but uh, that is the challenge for the market at the moment.
0: And I, and I guess the the other part of this is david, if okay, uh, we know that Austria, Denmark, Germany, and other European countries are trialling going back to to work for some parts of their economy. I guess if if we really get unbelievably lucky and there is no evidence of second wave, which of course could be unbelievably lucky, then all that stimulus that's been put in the pipeline could, could really set us up for a, a fantastic looking 2021, which kind of would then justify the stock market going up rather than going down. And I know this was all predicated on the lucky outcome of no significant second wave problems. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there
2: is a lot of, I mean, I I look at that stimulus in two ways. I mean, the stimulus we've had is unprecedented, both fiscal and monetary stimulus, but the economic shock we've had is also unprecedented. We're talking about depression conditions, no, no, let's not mince words. I mean, in the short run, this is a depression, Um, whether it lasts or not, you know, we're hopeful it won't last, Uh, but we're looking at, you know, 15 to 20% unemployment in the US, uh, 10% at least in Australia. So. The stimulus is needed to be huge. Um, now, if we do get that V-shaped recovery, um, I think you know the government I and mean, even the RBA is talking about scaling back some of its bond purchases. So I think central banks, at least, uh, will, you know, I don't think it, it necessarily the stimulus will stay in the pipeline and mm. lead to a massive blow-off in the markets. So the market, the the central banks will pull back if if they if the, the outlook improves. Uh, fiscal stimulus, even in Australia, is very short run. I mean, a lot of the money uh, is, is is pushed into the next few months, as it should be. Um, obviously, we'll be left with a lot, a lot of debt, uh, but the deficit itself uh, will be fair. Well, we'll still have a deficit, but the size of the deficit will contract um, you, uh, over the next year or so because that stimulus is largely one off.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess in many ways... If the economy does rebound faster than expected well then the stimulus will be automatically pulled back because people won't need job keeper payments because businesses are are back you know doing well or i know all optimistic scenarios but the bottom line is and you used it earlier the history of bear markets are that there is a a bear market rally then there's a pullback but but to 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 make a, a bold claim on whether we have to go to, say, a 50% fall in the stock market, which some people are saying because historically that's been the case. I then say to those people, that's true, but in my lifetime, I don't think ever, governments and central banks have never responded so quickly, David, have they?
2: No, and again, one di- uh, I guess two distinguishing characteristics of this is this is an undeserved downturn in the way that, you know, uh, I think Jerome Powell, the US Fed chair, has said, Um, You know, when we had the GFC, it was banks, uh, you know, did silly things. They got over leveraged and there was a lot of reluctance to bail out the banks. Whereas this time we, we, you know, if companies are falling on hard times, you can't really blame them because it's this one off shock. So there's uh, the stimulus has been a lot more forthcoming. Uh, The other, I guess, aspect in, in terms of the U.S. is the technology sector. Funnily enough, it's the lead sector in the bull market. And it's also been the sector least negatively affected by the shutdowns, thinking about Amazon, you know, Netflix, Google, all that online sort of activity. So that's been helping that that market in particular and, you know, helping. And I think going through that big chunks of the US economy, at least, unfortunately not the Australian economy, mm. uh, are, 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 do, I wouldn't say benefit, but at are, are, are least negatively affected uh, to the extent we're sort of working from home and, and social distancing and whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: All right, so um, uh, as economists, you and I are quite unique in the sense that I have a, a product that's on the stock market, namely Switch to Dividend Growth Fund. And of course, you work for a, a company that has a very interesting product called Bear. Are you Long Bear at the moment? Long Bear, <laughs> a shorting of the market type product? look I think uh, bear, bear has
2: been you know extensively used I mean it's a um, look it's a product you've got to be careful with the, those bear funds as I said because of the the, the nature of bear markets is you can get very sharp rebounds as, we, as we've just seen um, so it's you know it's definitely you know if you want to take a tactical position on the market it's it's there so if you think the market rebound we've seen to date, uh, has gone too far, and we are going to maybe not go through the lows, but at least have a, a decent uh, correction, then uh, bear is, um, you know, definitely a, a product one can use. But uh, just be, you know, in all things, be very cautious about how much you've invested in it. Make sure you've got, you know, stop losses, positions to get out, you know, it, it, and certainly, you know, you're effectively shorting the market by using bear. And so that requires an extra level of um, of diligence and care compared to going, a longer product, because at the end of the day, the, sh- the share market is, you and I know, Peter, trends up. Mm. So if you buy something and it's too early, at least you know, in the very long run, you- you're probably, you know, it'll come back. Mm. With bear, uh, you know, the market is going to be down, but it won't be down forever.
0: Right. David, thanks for joining us.
2: No worries, Peter.
0: That's David Bassanese from Beta Shares. And now it's time to catch up with Paul Rickard from the Switzer Report and uh, Charlie Aiken from Aiken Investment Management, and we'll toss around the issues that we think are really important right now about where the stock market's going, and we'll have a crack at trying to tip, tip some pretty good stocks. Well, it's that time where I catch up with Paul Rickard from the Switzer Report and Charlie Aiken from Aiken Investment Management to see if they've changed their mind when it comes to will there be another leg down, or is this the start of something really good? In terms of stocks, Charlie Paul, thanks for coming on the program. Good to see you. Notice that we are socially distanced, one point five meters or thereabouts. Now, Paul, um, Charlie, to kick off with you. Do you? Th- it's been a great rise for the stock market, particularly in America. But do you think there's going to be another leg down?
3: Well, I've got to say the bounce has been violent and probably a bit higher than I thought. I mean, the main market we invest in is the Nasdaq market, large cap tech stocks. Yeah. Nasdaq's now up for the calendar year which is actually quite hard to believe. Microsoft, our biggest investment, is I think $7 off its all-time high.
0: Well, it does own Skype, but we're yeah, all I, Skyping or Zooming it, look, I
3: agree with all that, but the, the, we're actually, I'm of the view that the bouncer's done enough in the short term, and I'm going to raise a little bit of cash this week, just in some of those larger so tech will stocks. Is you
0: sell off cash? I, sell will off. Raise,
3: I will sell a little bit of Microsoft, yeah. sell a little bit of Facebook. I'll still keep my holdings, but nice. just raise a little bit of cash, because I think the risk-reward here is not as good as it was obviously three weeks ago. Yeah. And we've got a reporting season in America starting here as well and these companies will give you some clarity on exactly what has happened and what they think will happen so yeah. i think it's time for just a little bit of a pause in this rally paul
4: yeah i'm with charlie on that peter i mean i, I thought we'd work around this, coming back to the australian market. we're obviously just following the u.s mm. but we're underperforming quite badly mm. i think you said uh, wrote some figures today that the u.s market only needs to go 15 percent back to an overall all-time high mm. whereas the australian market needs to go up i think 23 percent mm. we still need to make up yeah. so we've underperformed about eight percent uh, in a relative basis. It looks like I think we're going to continue to underperform, Peter. A Bit of nervousness. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, there's lots of capital raising. So I think mm. ve- I thought it would work about 5,000. It's actually gone higher than 5,000, almost to five and a half, back a bit today. Mm. I'm guessing we've got more work to do in the low 5000 I think
3: that's interesting. If you think of the composition of the ASX 200, remember the heavyweight banks are still holding us back a little bit. Energy is still a pretty big weighting as well. And obviously the oil price this afternoon is $14 or something. Mm. I've never dreamt that would happen. Mm. But the composition of the US market is a little bit different, much more tech-heavy, a little less consumer-facing. I think that can be explained, and there's been less capital raisings in America as well because the Fed's standing there providing almost debt capital to companies in the background. So probably can explain that underperformance a little bit, but it's also the capital raising bit, which is a bit hard to swallow in Australia. Do
0: do fund managers look at what we've seen, an an aggressive fall of the stock market, then a surprisingly strong bounce back? Do they start saying to themselves, well, look, um, maybe there's going to be another fall coming? It doesn't... It doesn't necessarily have to be worse than the the initial fall. That's why I'm interested. Like, some people say, oh, the GFC was a 50% fall. Do you think this current bear market, which is now not a bear market in the USA, will it drop? like the GFC to a 50%
3: No, no because I think the Fed and, and governments globally have moved extremely quickly okay they are all in the Fed is I've never put, seen governments no, move so quickly. N- n- there is an all-in card being played here by mm. central banks and government fiscally which I think has stopped bought us a little bit of time I personally do not think markets will go back to their lows of March. They may pull back 10 or 15% from here. It can happen, yeah. just on the reality of earnings and how long this is going to and take. you've
0: got a bad piece of news, say, second wave infections in the UK and the USA
3: Maybe. That would hurt but the... just remember that the, the, the movement by central banks is, is unprecedented. Mm. You know, the Fed's actually got programs that didn't even have in the GFC in ter- mm. terms of direct lending to municipalities, direct lending to corporates, mm. effectively. This is really quite le- amazing.
0: They're even lending to bookmakers, aren't they? Oh, probably. <laughs> but look,
3: I just... I think you need to put it in context. Have the markets had a probably a little bit over overdone bounce? Yes. But on the other side of this equation, if we can get through COVID-19, the settings are so aggressive from on the fiscal side and the monetary policy side. There is unprecedented liquidity being pumped for an unprecedented problem. Mm.
0: Uh, Paul, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be a, a sell-off and a buying opportunity? I think I think we're due
4: for a bit of a pullback, Peter. I, I, I probably with Charlie. I think th- again. I think the difference between this and the GFC is our first wave was so quick and so steep. that the, if you go yeah. back to the GFC, the bottom of the GFC wasn't the start. It's actually well into it post yeah. post lemans It was yeah. actually uh, late two thousand and eight, early. Well, I think about February two thousand and nine no. was probably no, well the worst. It, yes, yeah. So good. that took a long time to play out. Our market had such a savage sell-off. Um, and sorry, the gl- with a. With the virus, because it just came out of well, I won't say left field, but no one expected it. Mm. So it was the total.
3: Um, the speed, is, the speed was amazing. The, the speed you know, was amazing. It went from so, all-time highs on Wall Street to a thirty-eight percent correction, I think, in three weeks. Yeah, and
4: now we're back. We've had a thirty percent bull rally, bull, mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, in in the space on Wall Street, in the space of a couple of weeks mm. almost. So mm. you just don't see that. So I, I, I think we we will get to a period of less volatility. But I think maybe a bit more of a pullback is needed locally. I think also you raised the question about fund managers. Look, there's lots of things to invest in, Peter. We've had 16 out of the top 200 companies now have got a capital raising in mm. progress. There's another score. You, you, of companies, wrote, you wrote about the yep, switch report yep, last week. Yep. So. And another score of companies, little companies have done have done raising. So there's lots of money, to place opportunities for fund managers to put cash mm. at, to work. Plus the other thing, that a lot of the super managers are worried about Peter are the withdrawals. So. Yes. There's a bit of, you know, there's there's a there's some challenge for the managers. If anything, I think a lot of the support to this market from some of the data coming out of Comsec has been retail investors. Mm. That's where a lot of the cash has come from. Yeah, I so, think the super funds so, are
3: nervously yeah, positioned for redemption. Yeah, so, mm.
4: so uh, I don't think, you know, I think it needs, uh, with our Aussie dollar going up, maybe it's less attractive offshore. So I think there's probably a bit more of a pullback for our market due to but, I I don't think we're going to see a second wave. The
3: the Aussie dollar going up has actually partly been to do do with super funds redeeming international investments to get cash ready to pay up for the 10000 bucks that everyone's going to take out. So there's been a bit of Aussie dollar demand from our own super funds bringing back international investments, which have gone quite well for them, obviously. Yeah.
0: On that point then, Charlie, you said you're going to hold some cash. If there is a sell-off, let's let's imagine there's a 10% sell-off somewhere online for, for some sort of trigger. What will you be buying again?
3: Only the very best things you can get your hands on, hmm. the absolute dominant industry company you can own, you know, great balance sheets, the same as usual, yeah. but just a little, hopefully a little bit. No, no. So people well, are you know words. it's the same things. Yeah. It's, it, it is the Microsofts and Amazons and Googles of the world. But I'm interested in buying some out of favour things. So I'm currently looking through some of the travel stocks, well, some of the Australia? entertainers. No, actually globally things yeah. like Booking.com, Amadeus, the booking systems, yeah. thinking that it probably can't get too much worse than here for airline yeah. travel. I've had a look at Boeing again, yeah. you know, things like that, you know. Yeah. That, that's a that's yeah. interesting. Cool. But Boeing has yeah. rallied
4: a long way, hasn't it? Well, it's fallen yeah. a huge way, and then rallied a bit. But, yeah.
3: but it's, it, look, it's we've got a bit of time to do this, gentlemen. Is my mm. view. Yeah. You know, I think Charlie Munger was quoted over the weekend saying, like, the economy is it's like it's frozen, mm. and that they him and Buffett weren't in a hurry, and they've got 100 billion yeah. of cash as well. And when guys like that who have great insight into so many businesses they own, they get daily, I'd say, daily P&Ls out of yeah. a lot of the businesses they own. They're just saying they're just not taking their time. Well, I'm happy to take my time a little bit too. But the the real value will be in, it's the, you know the real value will be in some of these beaten up deep cyclicals at some stage. But I'm I'm just keeping it to you know what I consider structural growth stocks that are not that cyclical at the moment. Yeah, Paul,
0: dividend stocks uh, because the, banks in particular have virtually been told to cut their dividends. What's going to happen? Yeah, against? well,
4: look, I think um, it's going to be really yeah. important what ANZ does. They're mm. the first of the major banks to report, and mm. I think banks are. Your bankers are pretty conservative. I'm a banker, Peter. We tend to follow one another. And if ANZ has the, the, I can't say the the word I was going to say, but uh, if they, well, if, well, 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 <laughs> what were you going to say? So this <laughs> is I a TV, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> but if ANZ goes ahead and pays a partial dividend, I think the others will follow suit. Yeah. I think if ANZ says nope, we're going to hold it back, which is what uh, Gonski
3: alluded to. In his, you're in su- you're in suggesting they wouldn't pay a dividend?
4: No, no. Yeah. I, I think they're probably still going to pay. But I think if if, if the first bank and they're the first mm. to come out, if they hold it back mm. and say no, we're going to be conservative. We're going to, We still think this is going to be in shareholders' long-term mm. interest not to pay it now to make sure we've got lots of capital. If they choose not to, I think it's going to be very hard for the yeah. other two to pay a dividend. So uh, we'll see what the ANZ does, and I think that'll set the tone.
0: Okay. Is there any stock that you'd like to talk about before we, we wrap up?
4: Look, um, I'm a bit like Charlie. I'm, I'm sticking with the quality end. I, I, I don't think this is a buy level. I think for retail investors, there's lots of... Uh, share purchase plans out there mm-hmm. there are lots of ways you can spend your cash there will be more capital raising, Peter. i mean the market and i just you think say buy
0: after
1: i raising. i
4: just say investment bankers can smell a fee right
3: <laughs> and they're really good at it yeah but i think that's good advice and, and I mean, uh, good entry points a lot of these raisings yeah. yeah.
4: and, and generally you know there will be more so i think if you've got time with your cash to invest at the moment i think you can afford to be a little bit patient yeah. uh, well, and I, just sit back a little bit just 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 uh take some time in this market
0: and i run this by i ran this by julia lee earlier uh, i looked at a company like woodside for example in january this year it was a 36 dollar stock yep. today it's around 20 dollars now if you gave us a four years for it to get, get back to 36 dollars. That'd still be eighty percent over four years. Is Woodside a bad investment for a four-year investor?
3: Well, I think their dividend's unsustainable. Their payout ratio is way too high, and whatever dividend yield people are looking at is incorrect. With oil yeah. at fourteen dollars and liquefied natural gas at you know two dollars a BTU. Yeah, but, but it cost well, a couple I, I, of games. I, 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 it, no, I'm a no on Woodside. I cannot believe where the oil price is at the moment. I, I, but four the, years,
0: Charlie. So, four years. I own
3: to... Microsoft out Woodside. Yeah. You know, no, I know. I think I can f- accurately predict I, that. I prefer
4: BHP to Woodside, Peter. I, I think, if anything, if you're looking in the resources part of the market, I think BHP and Rio mm-hmm. look pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Iron Ore is doing remarkably. I can't understand why it's in the 80s. Dollars. Well, maybe the, and, the and Chinese and comeback is there well, actually Well, you know, there. I mean, um, they're cashed up. They're they they do not need to raise capital. They're two companies that won't be raising capital, uh, and I think. Um, if yeah. It, I'm with Paul
3: on that. I think BHP, as we've always discussed here, it's like a diversified ETF over resources yep. is probably your safest way. I'm not so sure about iron ore either. It seems to be defying all, defying all logic. Yep. Yeah, and so I'd probably leave that just a touch alone. And, but look, it, it, my main point is, Pete, the markets have bounced a lot. You can be patient, just wait for your moments, whether it's capital raisings or an opportunity the broader market gives you. I don't believe this period of volatility has ended. There will be more.
0: And we'll end on that. That's Charlie Aitken from Aiken Investment Management and Paul Ricard from the Switch Report. Now joining me now is the CEO of Cashworks, John Leckie. Thanks for coming on, John. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, all good. Look, I think a lot of people have heard of Cashworks, not quite sure exactly what you do. So, just explain it to us in a nutshell.
5: Look, it's an online cash portal where investors can go along and check out the best rates and they can choose which particular bank or ADI, as we call it, they'd like to invest with. But a key point of difference is that once you've um, been onboarded or you've signed up with, with uh, Cashworks, then you can actually invest in any one of those banks. And we've got 52 on the platform now. Hmm. You can invest with any one of them without having to redo the paperwork.
0: And how? uh, onerous is the paperwork i know my financial planners here tell me there's often a lot of delays and all that sort of stuff involved is it the same applies when you're doing it as a as an individual
5: unfortunately well actually as an individual it's not that hard you really just need um, an id of some kind and that needs to be verified Um, once upon a time you'd go to dare i say a chemist or a pharmacist or you know or a post office but these days you sure wouldn't go to a chemist but you might go to a post office to get that done But we're actually getting a number of customers coming on board now who have had it verified, their identification verified by their accountant or their financial planner.
0: Yeah, okay. So what makes Cashworks really useful?
5: I'd say the key point of differentiation in the the turn deposit space is that we don't touch the money at all is the way we like to describe it. So Mm -hmm. we set up a Peter Switzer account with the NAB, or rather you've got one with the NAB, you bank with the NAB now, let's just say. And if you choose to, to pick another bank like the ANZ, that you'd rather use their rates, we'd rather get their rates, we will set up an account with them. So the money's really going from Peter Switzer, NAV account to Peter Switzer, ANZ bank account. There's no touching. And that that is a point of difference to some of our competition where the money does have to go through the, uh, the broker, the term deposit broker, which we are.
0: Okay, how do you get rewarded?
5: Well, interestingly at the moment, rates have actually been going up significantly in the term deposit space since this mess started this this mm. pandemic mess has started so the cash rate inverted commas rba cash rate went from 0.75 to 0.25 but we're seeing the biggest borrowers in the country paying well in excess of that and certainly when you go out past 90 days into at 100 to 180 days in that sort of area rates have gone up significantly you can earn over two percent for and you know government guaranteed adi but even in the high ones for the biggest borrowers
0: mm. But as I say, but how does Cashworks get a clip of the ticket? Oh, I'm sorry. How do we get rewarded? Yeah. I thought you meant how do
5: the investors get rewarded. Um, yeah, the, the banks, the ADIs pay us a, mm. a fee. Um, so the rate that you see on our system is the rate that you get.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the beauty of having it on one platform is that you can see it all in one go and you make your own choice about how you want to move from one to the other. And you guys, you know, basically try and make it seamless.
5: Well, yeah, and particularly for platforms like uh, financial planners and so, yes, the the onboarding process is onerous, but that's just the law. That's not a choice that we make. It is a bit of a pain, and we've actually got a way where people can do it without having to go outside their house. They can work from home. But once you've done that, that's it. You don't have to do it ever again. You can just literally look for the best rate and say, I've decided to go with that bank and we'll we'll do the rest.
0: Do you go with non-banks as well?
5: If they're approved, deposit taking institution and ADI, then we do.
0: So, so that means that all the products on your website will be come a government guarantee up to 250,000.
5: Exactly right. Up to 250,000. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've definitely got some investors are saying that I've got two million dollars, split it up and give me a government guarantee. The alternative is to go with one of the bigger banks, but you'll get a lower rate. Yeah, The banks will pay you a higher rate.
0: Okay, so how has uh, COVID-19 affected the business?
5: Look, it's, it's in a working environment space, it's fine. People are working from home and we're having meetings like you'd normally have in a room and maybe less coffee and less uh, cheese and biscuits and things, but uh, we're, we're all working in that regard, fine. What we're working on for the customers is, as I said, to be able to get people to be able to onboard without having to go ex- outside and go externally. That's important these days.
0: Yeah. um, You you made the point that rates on turn deposits have been rising. And I can remember after the first stimulus package was mentioned, I think CBA took their uh, turn deposit rate to 1.7% or something like that. And I remember, gee, that's a big turnaround. And I I guess it's part of what the government wants the banks to do. Um, So I guess there's a lot more choice on the on the website now than there was. I know you've always had 56 lenders, but there's more variation in those term deposit rates.
5: Well, what I'd say is you've probably seen better rates from those better names. Mm. So before we used to, uh, we'd be able to sit there and say, well, it's 2%, 2 2.5% from um, you know 50 of our banks. But the the ones that you want to do large deposits with were always way lower, whereas they're catching up. And Macquarie came out just the other day at 2.6. Don't hang me on the number, but something like that. It's a big rate when cash rate's quarter
0: percent. Yeah, most definitely. How do you see the course of term deposits over the next year or so? Well, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a guess, but at least you're in the space, so your guess should, should count for more than people who aren't in the space.
5: Maybe. Um, look, I'll, I don't want to throw you back another question, but how do you see the dividend investors investing going forward? Because there's certainly some question marks over dividends, the mm-hmm. dividend stocks. And also for bank hybrids, which, of course, the, the coupon payment on a bank hybrid is a dividend. Mm. Now, bank hybrids have to be paid out in full or the company is not allowed to issue a dividend to its shareholders. So there's some protection there. But there's definitely some nervousness around. And while you're seeing turn deposit rates going up relatively uh, and the, the d- dividend returns likely to come under pressure, I think you're going to see some investors looking to sort of share the, you know share their portfolios across both we've certainly seen that in in recent times
0: so what you're saying is that if someone had say five percent exposure to term deposits a year ago because the rates Mm. were so low you might find them allocating 10 or 15 percent because they've become relatively more attractive at a time when dividends from banks are likely to fall i know you and i have had
5: this conversation in the in the past but look it it depends on your uh, your risk appetite and um, at the risk of sounding ages. The older you are, the, typically the lower the risk appetite you've got, not always. Mm. Um, my father in law was definitely one that was not, not so inclined. But, anyways, not always. But typically the older you get, the less risk you want to take. So maybe you're know, you, you you're saying, well, I've got this much, mo- this much more of my money in the equity market chasing dividends. I'm going to reduce that down and, and increase my exposure to term deposits.
0: Okay. So, what do you think is going to happen over the next six to 12 months with the, the Cashworks business?
5: Uh, We're definitely going to open a bond offering. Um, I think there's still space in the Australian market for a uh, a corporate bond offering that gives investors a wide range of securities to choose from. So in our conversation a moment ago, we were just talking about people going out of dividend stocks into deposits. Well, there's a space in between there, um, where it'd be corporate bonds or at the moment, I believe the flavor of the month is covered bonds. International bonds, if you've got exposure into other currencies, so that's, that's our plan. We're going to, we're going to reinvigorate um, our bond offering within Cashworks mm. uh, with a lot of new hires and a new custodial approach and uh, very much an open architecture uh, plan so that uh, not only will investors be able to invest with us easily, but they'll be able to get full transparency on the, the pricing and the valuation. And also we'll have our platform open to other players who want to be able to transact with our clients.
0: Okay, so give us an idea of what you see as being the perfect kind of bond product to appeal to a lot of people who currently might be oscillating between term deposits and dividends from stocks. What would that corporate bond product look like?
5: The word in my mouth is depends. I don't want to say that. I'm going to say to you that if it's a large company that's issuing a corporate bond in Australia, then people will feel comfortable with that company. Uh, one of the most popular issuers of corporate bonds in recent years has been Qantas. Well, maybe these days they're less comfortable with that, mm. um, but uh, if it's the large company with the right sort of rating and, uh, and the right corporate profile, then I think that that's, that's a good feel because, of course, they're investing in corporates in the stock market, so they're just investing in corporates at a different, uh, different part of the capital structure. Um, if uncomfortable with what the offering is in Australia, then they might look at some of these covered bonds where there's actually some security underneath there as well, and they'll get rated separately. Um, that, that, might, that could well be the stock gap. But,
0: but will you be looking at, because these corporate bonds don't make it easy for people with smaller amounts, will you be ta- uh, pooling people's money together so you can effectively access corporate bonds for them?
5: We won't be pooling money, um, but we'll definitely be offering small parcel bonds. So I think that's what you meant. That we'll, yeah, do, so we'll yeah. be able to, yeah, so someone could walk along with, you know, hundreds of thousands and then put them into, you know, five times 50,000, whatever the, the split is, and get some diversification across their own portfolio.
0: Hmm. All right, okay. Well, I think a lot of people would like to see that. So, John, thanks for joining us. And let's hope this damn coronavirus gets out of the way ASAP.
5: Well, I've been uh, running this company now for only, i just show I have a month, and I'm yet to meet a single person in the company. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to the day that I can actually go and um, and see them in person. So okay, well make, bring sure, it on. You,
0: make sure you send out an alert that uh, you're on the Switzerland program. They can get a, an, an idea of what you <laughs> like. <laughs>
5: good stuff. Thanks yeah, for your time, time, Peter. I appreciate it. Bye bye. See
0: you, mate. Bye bye. You too. Bye now. That's the show for this week. Thanks for joining us. Let's keep our fingers crossed that our experts are on the money.